Well, welcome to another edition of Union Money. I'm Brian Hirsch. This evening we are focusing on the investment world. Over the last 13 years, and notwithstanding the yearly pickup in markets, investors globally have done exceptionally well. This is even despite the onset of COVID last year. However, there's been quite a lot of volatility over the last few months. A good August, a bad September recovery in October, and a drop in the last 10 days of November. My advice to clients is not to watch their portfolios on a regular basis. However, my job is to keep watching virtually by the minute. Last week, an hour before the close, the Dow was up 2% when Biden announced they had discovered one case of the Omicron virus. By the close and shortly thereafter, the market was down 1.5%. That's a swing of 3.5%. And I'm delighted tonight to welcome David Shapiro, global, Chief Global Equity Strategist of Sasson Wealth. David, good evening to you. It's lovely to have you on the show. Oh, nice to be here with you. Yeah. David, I'm taking license to deviate for a moment and to thank mm -hmm. a lady, Shanice Neto, who's an employee of the Real Repair Company in Constantia, for the phenomenal service that she gave me recently. I'm sure you'll all agree that the service levels in South Africa have fallen off the cliff. And I celebrate anyone who gives above and beyond the service. Very simply, I had a bad fall, smashed my cell phone, went into the store, she was polite, helped me. Um, then I had to leave my phone with her. A call came through to my phone from my daughter-in-law. She phoned, she phoned back, she saw that message, she phoned back, told my daughter-in-law she's got the phone. The next morning she phoned me at nine o'clock to come and fetch my phone. And really unbelievable service. So Shanice, thank you very much for your service. <laughs> but getting back to tonight's program, next February when David celebrates 50 years on the market, and I will celebrate this is with him. <laughs> this is how long we've been working together. Although David has seen all the rises and fall in the markets over the periods, I think I have one up on him, as he was still in short pants when the market <laughs> crashed in 70. Dave, where were you when that happened? Uh, I, I, I was actually doing articles. Oh, that's I was, uh, so I, I did three years of accounting articles, you know, so... The day I finished articles and qualified, I was gone. That's when I joined the stock market. Remember, 31st of January, 1971, articles finished. 1st of <laughs> February, I joined Max Pollock and Fremantle and, uh, you know, went onto the floor. And I've, I've basically been there ever since, 50 years. I, this will, it will be 50 years. I'm sure you enjoyed the floor with the little pieces of paper and yeah. all the dealings. I mean, that, that was a bit more exciting than just sitting behind the computer. Uh, computer. But David... Have you ever experienced a bull run like we are having now? And do you believe it's likely to continue? Uh, Brian, no. You know, in fact, it, it hasn't been a, a really loved bull market. It's only recently that it's been loved. You know, it, it really rose from, started when, in the 2000 with the internet bubble, when interest rates came down to uh, what was then uh, record lows. And from the internet bubble, we had 9-11, and then we had the uh, subprime crisis, and then we had the pandemic. And that period kept interest rates very, very low. I mean, today they're zero. And as a result of that, um, equities has been the first choice of investors, and it suited an investment market. But it hasn't been the kind of pulse that you were talking about in 1969 or the pulse that we saw in 1987. You know, those were proper vibrant bull markets that, you know, when we are on the floor and I was on the floor for uh, the 87 one and for, um, you know, other periods that we had, you could sense the market, you could smell it and you could feel it and you could sweat it. 
you know, today we sit in front of a screen <laughs> drinking tea. <laughs> so. you, you know, David, I remember vividly uh, in 1970 when Donald Gordon, mm. and many of you will remember Donald Gordon, those mm. who don't remember him, he was the doyen of the South African insurance industry, starting Liberty Life, then created a property empire in the UK. And he came back and we were all in a meeting and he addressed the meeting and he said, I've just been downstairs to get a newspaper from a newspaper vendor and I got a tip on the market. <laughs> so I can tell you right now, time to get out of the market. How right he was. But David, can you find mm. value at the moment in the South African market? South African market's hard, simply because of the structure of the market and because uh, we're not a high growth economy. Uh, I don't want to go into the politics of why we are where we are, but uh, we're, we're battling very high unemployment. Uh, the, the, um, the government has had very high debt levels. We've got the load shedding issues. All of these are acting against us. Plus, from a mining point of view, um, things are, are, are laboring a little bit. Globally, there's no doubt that we're into, I see, a very, very exciting period. And we will get the aftermath of it. We will benefit from it. South Africa will benefit. It's a, you know, a rising tide uh, lifts all ships. So I think uh, it's not that our market's going to fall in, in a piece, but I think globally we haven't got the technology uh, companies that make markets very vibrant. And it's not a, Brian, it's not only South Africa. You know, if you go to Australia, go to other areas around the market, even the UK hasn't got or haven't got these kind of shares. It's really the US. It's US centric, and you'll find some spots in Europe. China is another big, big high tech uh, area. I don't want to go into that at the moment. It's hurting us. But I think, um, you know, that's one of the reasons that our market will probably lag. Uh, in the kind of growth that we're going to see offshore. So, David, you talk, you mentioned China. How's all the interference from China regulators going to impact both on economies and markets going forward? You just touched on it briefly. Is it going to have an effect? Yes, of course it is. I, I, it's difficult to read. I don't think anybody can read through it. You know, structurally, I think I think China is still in a very good shape. But from a technical point of view, I'm I'm starting to get a little nervous and concerned because um, it, it just seems that the pressure on technology, the clampdown and what their policy is, uh, is very difficult to read. We don't know where it's going to end. And I think it's also taking a lot of the energy out of these entrepreneurs, out of businesses. They don't, you know, they seem scared to expand, nervous of being cracked down by uh, by government, you know, even arrested or even no one knows where they're going to end up. So I'm concerned from that point of view. How we play China, though, uh, is is uh, maybe we shift to the consumer side of that economy because it's a very massive economy with 1.3 million billion people, all of whom are getting slightly richer and starting to spend more. And I think from that point of view, rather look at businesses that feed into China um, rather than, than trying to read where this tech clampdown is going to end and how far down it's going to go. And I've been a big proponent of China. I've loved the tech companies. I've loved what they stood for. But I think just at this stage, sometimes it pays just to stand back. Oh, opportunity comes, we can enter again. David, I know that many of your programs on, on this 
actually channel is about looking at individual stocks. So, I mean, mm. uh, most South African portfolios, most South African investors in China have spoken about Tencent and Alibaba. When yeah. you talk about other types of stocks, can you actually buy those stocks or you're going to have to buy into ETFs or indexes or something similar? Well, so far they haven't, they're, um, you know, the ADRs or the um, listings haven't been removed from the US, so we can still buy them. You know, uh, Alibaba is listed in the US, Tencent, you can buy a Tencent uh, ETF, sorry, you can buy a Tencent ADR, in other words, you can buy Tencent in the US, um, so there's still quite a few opportunities, but they have, the, uh, you know, w w there's a concern that there's a, going to be a crackdown from, from both sides, from the U.S. Uh, authorities who want transparency and also uh, the crackdown from the Chinese who are nervous of, uh, you know, sharing data with, uh, with the Americans and, and, and nervous of security issues. So Chinese companies are somehow in the middle. But um, as things stand, we can still buy them. You know, you can go directly into Tencent and Alibaba if you want to. Because you do need an exposure to China. I mean, it's an enormous part of global oh, yeah. economies. And I, I'm with you. I think mm. it's, it's a big economy and, uh, you know, one still needs. But I'm doing it through the luxury goods, you know, through LVMH and through various other things, also through cosmetic companies, uh, around those kind of areas, more so than, than, than maybe tech at the moment. Although I must admit, we, you know, we still have or uh, still have got a, a small exposure to Chinese tech. David, when people heard you were on the show tonight, emails came flooding through to me. Uh, I had to try and pick as many the, the emails that I thought you'd enjoy answering and that I'd enjoy answering. David, um, for you, Jethro in Port Elizabeth says, I'm leaving South Africa in the next six to nine months to live in Australia. Is this the right time to transfer RANDs or should I wait for the RAND to uh, get stronger? <laughs> hey, Brian, you know, when we try to read where the RAND's going to be, I mean, it's, it's the easiest way to destroy your reputation. I, it, taking a step back, we're, we're in this transition period. We're coming out of the pandemic. It doesn't seem like we are, but we are moving out of the pandemic. You know, medical technology is improving, vaccinate, we're getting vaccines, we're finding pills that are going to help cure the uh, situation and so on. You know, each day is getting a little bit better. Um, and, and so, so we're in a slightly difficult period at the moment. But what happens is that governments are trying to, and certainly the American government is trying to withdraw all the stimulus that are provided during the, uh, the pandemic. So and, and on top of that, we've got inflation uh, starting to rear its head for various reasons, because uh, demand is picking up and supply hasn't kept pace. But so against that, we're going to come out. We're going into a period where America's going to start, uh, you know, reducing its tapering. It's not going to buy bonds on the market and create the liquidity that it was, the money that was needed to to fund the uh, U.S. economy. And we're going into an inflationary period. So expect rates, expect rates to start rising, not immediately, but they will start rising sooner or later. And I think that that fact is going to draw money uh, is going to draw money into the dollar so i'm expecting a strong dollar for the next you know certainly for the first half of the year maybe throughout i'm talking 2022 and against that i would say that the rand would weaken but Brian, the yeah. volatility during the interim is going to be big. Oh, we've seen it. I mean, we've seen mm. it between 1640 now and 1380 or 1360. Exactly. Yeah. But David, we're going to take a break and uh, stay tuned. We'll be back shortly.